Touchdown, Kansas City! This is the Chiefs postgame show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Sports Radio 810 Chiefs postgame show is presented by the Missouri Lottery. From scratchers to Powerball, every Missouri Lottery ticket you play creates opportunities for Missouri students. Play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Well, the Chiefs only had about 15 minutes of really, really good football in their final game in Oakland. But that's all it took for their final game in Oakland. 28 points, all of them in the second quarter. Although maybe you could argue that the defense had a little more well-rounded day-to-day. We'll talk about that and, of course, everything packed into that second quarter as we follow up the Chiefs' second victory of the year. 2-0, not a surprise, but now... A lock, a 28-10 victory over the Oakland Raiders. Welcome in to the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I am Joshua Briscoe alongside Brad Porter. You can get in touch with the show a bunch of different ways. The phones are open, 913-3810-810. You can watch the show on the Sports Radio 810 Facebook page, and we'll bring you uh, all of the, the interviews that we get out from Oakland and, and Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, somebody from the locker room, I'm sure, We'll bring you all of that, the highlights, the breakdown. And, uh, Brad, we've got, like I said, one good quarter from the Chiefs' offense to talk about. It was still effective in lots of other places. I'm being a bit facetious. But all those points come in the second quarter for the Chiefs. All the points for the Raiders came in the first quarter. What stood out to you? Well, so that's... That's 15 minutes of good offensive football for the Chiefs, but it's also 45 minutes of good football for the Chiefs' defense. Yeah. Um, Tunnel Passigno getting some lanes in there. And we saw Steve Spagnuolo make some adjustments after that first quarter, because it looks like the it looked like the Raiders were going to run wild for a little bit there. Uh, defense changed it up, able to get a little more pressure on the quarterback. The Chiefs' offense was taking a ton of pressure and had a lot of trouble with the stunts and the twist games up front. They made that adjustment and got a lot better. So I had a couple of notes, but I know you usually like to open with a monologue. So no, oh, no, we'll, we'll <laughs> even spread it around. I gave you a little bit okay. there. You got the you got the flavor of it. Also, it's uh, September fifteenth, and I think I have my first cold. So you know, maybe a little less verbose for the first five minutes. So here's a couple of the ridiculous numbers from this game. Okay, the final five passes of that second quarter for Patrick Mahomes, forty-two yard touchdown to McCole Hardman, first NFL touchdown regular season, thirty-two yard pass to Damian Williams down the sideline. He didn't run the ball worth a darn, right. but he can catch it out of the backfield. Right. Then 43 yards to Demarcus Robinson, who had a fantastic day, uh, which Tyreek Hill predicted, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then a 27-yard touchdown to Travis Kelsey, which was ridiculous in, in man-to-man coverage. And then the 39-yard touchdown to Demarcus Robinson. Again, another ridiculous pass and a ridiculous catch falling down, going backwards. And we talked about the dirt all week, right? right. And that was into the dirt, into the end zone. It was just... It was the second. The second quarter was just. It was masterpiece theater. Yeah, was, you couldn't write it better than that. Um, the only negative I come out with from this game, we'll. I mean, we'll pick it apart later. The only negative was special teams. I mean, yeah, it was bad. I mean, come on, you cannot be fielding and trying to repar- return punts from the three yard line. Right. The four yard line. You're right. supposed to put your heels on the ten. If it's over your head, don't return. That's the only really thing I can nitpick. The special teams were not very good, and I think between the two teams, there was a penalty. On every punt play, it at least game. felt like it. You it maybe it may there may literally have it was, been. It was infuriating. But you're right though to to circle back to everything that happened in that second quarter because that's for me that's the clear storyline from this game is yep. is you chop out those 15 minutes. 
everything that happened in there was was fascinating for a variety of reasons. And you can say, you know, just as last week was the Sammy Watkins game by way of Patrick Mahomes, today's the Demarcus Robinson game sure. by way of Patrick Mahomes. It's also funny that you have to scroll down past a bunch of other guys <laughs> to find Sammy Watkins in the stat sheet this week. A relatively quiet game, even as he ended up with six receptions. But the Demarcus Robinson thing is incredible because there were those plays mostly down the left sideline where you go, oh, yeah, well, this Mahomes is just laser-focused. He is a sniper. Right. Even as, in that first quarter, there were plenty of instances where, where you and I were even talking a couple times ago, he's not he's not landing on that foot, right? No, he wasn't. There's a video up on the 810 Twitter account from earlier today um, of him warming up and just wearing, you know, wearing a hoodie and shorts. But in that warm-up, he wasn't landing on that left ankle. That left ankle was out there. That left foot was swinging. He, he was maybe even just practicing not having to step into his throws to try to get a little bit of a feel for what it was going to be like come game time. But once once it seemed like he got a little more comfortable on that foot or maybe stopped worrying about it, I don't know. But in that second quarter, just lethal. And so, you know, you mentioned the run game. Like, the run game was a nightmare, and, and they ended up with 31 yards on the day rushing. Non-existent. 31 yards on the day rushing, and I believe about half of that came on that last drive. Not a joke. Like, seriously, I think... I think it was 16 or 17 yards rushing up until they were in straight up try to run out the clock mode. And even then, the more efficient way of them running out the clock was by passing it. We can talk about that more later as well. I want to have a big (laughs) philosophical discussion about if you need to run the football or not. And people would be mad at me, and that's fine. But Mahomes goes for almost 500 yards. And and in that second quarter, though, whenever it really, really turned, that first quarter, I mean, everyone's going, you know what? The Raiders look pretty good here. That defense was really aggressive. They were flying around the field. They were stopping everything in the backfield. That, That part never really changed. But just flying around the field, and they deliver a first quarter. That leaves you going, oh man, I wonder if this is this is going to be worse than we thought without Tyreek Hill for this offense. I wonder if this defense is even farther away than maybe we were initially concerned they would be. And then to your point about Spagnolo, it, it really felt like he was taking that first quarter to kind of figure out, all right, where do we go from here? What do we do? What do we need to be doing to try to get to Derek Carr a little bit? And then he unraveled a little bit as, as you went. The, the, the interception especially that Bashad Breeland picked up in the end zone, I mean, you should you, fan, uh, fade routes inside the the five like that should be banned anyway. <laughs> um, I don't know why anyone would be doing that in 2019. But the receiver there didn't seem like he knew the ball was even coming no, to no him. No clue. Breland played it really well, and the defense on that drive had not been very good. No. But what what I get a little bit nervous about if you, if we do want to talk about the defense a little more. What I get a little bit nervous about is the the Bob Sutton defense of I think now three seasons ago, where they seemed to be in the red zone a lot. We talk about the bend don't break, and and all of those cliches that got thrown around. They were not a very good defense, but they ended up with relatively good results. Results by turnovers, by uh, by stops in the red zone, and you go, you know what? Maybe this this defense can do it. Sometimes that stuff is. Because it comes in such a small sample size, it's easier to to sort of have a, a, a tainted results pool whenever you only have so many things to draw from. And so I don't really want to say like, oh, you know, the turnovers mean the defense had a pretty good day and they got run on aggressively. But the pass defense was was better today than I thought we were going to see it be. Certainly, you can tell that that the Raiders ended up picking a side because even while they ended up being down 18 points for the entire second half, 
they were running the ball more efficiently than they were throwing the ball, and that doesn't happen in the NFL. Derek Carr was averaging 5.2 yards per attempt. They were averaging 6.8 yards per rush. For comparison, and this is a bad comparison today because the Chiefs were so miserable on the ground, but 10.1 yards per attempt from Patrick Mahomes, which is crazy, and and it honestly could have been more than that, Um, and 1.4 yards on the ground per carry. And I think you can also make the argument that the Chiefs were allowing the Raiders to move the ball on the ground a little bit because while I am not going to subscribe to the idea that you need to be able to run the ball to, like, kill a game or whatever, I think that's relatively... um, conventional wisdom that's gone stale in my mind in 2019. But if the other team wants to try to do that for you down 18 points and just hand the ball to Josh Jacobs a bunch of times, you need to give him a little extra. That I don't hate that. That's something I'm comfortable with. So overall, it's kind of an interesting game for the defense because I didn't feel like we were watching a dominant unit. But every time I looked up, they were shutting them out for the last three frames, and that does count for something. And you got to remember – and. Look, the players change, but there's some things about the Raiders that don't. We always say Raiders going to Raider. Right. The interception that Charvarius Ward picked off, Yes, you can see Derek Carr pointing down the field at his receiver. That's your fault. Right. And leaders do that on the sideline. Tom Brady chews out his guys all the time. Sure. He does it on the sideline, not in the middle of the field. And by the way, on the Bashad Breland interception, Mm -hmm. I thought on the replay, it looked like he may have pushed off a little bit. But if the wide yeah. receiver is not looking for the ball, you can get away with that a little bit more. Yeah. So I was a little bit, you know, the run game's concerning, but Jacobs is a good play. That's why he was a high draft pick for the Raiders. Yeah. That's why they got him, and, and he's really good with what they want to do because Derek Carr is not the greatest in the game. And by the way, on Patrick Mahomes, two of his best throws in the game didn't count. He had the deep play to Demarcus Robinson. I believe it was Demarcus Robinson. Uh, they got pulled back on a flag. I think it was, it was either an offensive pass interference or a hold. And then he had the 47-yard bomb in the end zone to McCole Hardman in the very back of the end zone. And that, that was called back on a penalty, and those were two of his best throws in the game. But um, kind of circling back to the defense a little bit, they made the correct adjustments. It still wasn't comforting. Yeah. But the thing the Raiders didn't do, and it was mind-boggling to me, you're down by 18 points, three scores. And here's David Carr, or Derek Carr, pardon me, I'm always going to call I him. I did that, I did that. His brother coaches him. David yes, helps coach him. I do it constantly. So, they're huddling up in the second half. They're walking up to the line of scrimmage. They're calling audibles. They're surveying the defense. Where's the urgency? Yeah. The Raiders had zero urgency. And the Chiefs, let's give the secondary even some more credit. There were a couple of plays, especially the sack plays for uh, Passigno, uh, a couple of them. Chris Jones was more of a pure sack, but Passigno... That was a covered sack. Yeah, and I Everybody, didn't, I know if you were going to say that sentence for the Chiefs this yes, year. Yes, everybody in the secondary was covered, which we haven't seen in a long, long time. Yep. And that was fantastic. So as this defense adjusts and grows in the Steve Spagnolo system, it's going to get better. You'll see more of this where maybe it's a slow start, give up a few points in the first quarter, first half, and then make those adjustments. And they began to do that, and that gave me uh, a lot of confidence. Um, the only other... Real negative in the game. I thought the Chiefs fell in love a little bit with the deep ball, but the way Mahomes was dropping it in the bucket and back shoulder passes, you might as well keep going to the well. Until until it becomes a problem, you keep going to the well. So here's where I think I'm going to try to give you, I'm going to try to sell you on my, like, large-scale 
hey, everybody, let's take a minute and try to rewire how we think about football. This is this is me on my soapbox here. Okay. And it's it's right in that vein. All right, preach. If you watch just about any other football game at any level with almost any quarterback for your entire life up until this point, the thing you just said would make a lot of sense. Say, man, listen, I don't know. Like, you score all these points in the second quarter, and then you don't really, you don't score again the rest of the game. You keep going to the deep ball, and, and still, honestly, with, with a good amount of success. But actually, they got less aggressive after they after the half. But say, oh, you know, man, if you if you are stalling in there and, and you are looking downfield as often as the Chiefs were, maybe eventually that becomes a problem. You know, I want to see him be able to succeed in lots of different ways. And the reason you say stuff like that is because for just about everyone ever, that kind of deep pass has been such a, a, a low probability. Right, it's risky. Whenever you hit it, it's huge. But yeah, mm-hmm. but you, you, if you do that on first down, second down, and third down, you're going to have a lot of three and outs trying to make that happen. The big bomb that you actually convert later on, well, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be a great moment, but is it going to matter if you're already down by 21 points? Through that second quarter, which I'm, we're going to go back to that quarter of football, not just the rest of the show, but the rest of the week and maybe the rest of the season. That's because where everything happened. There's so much here. <laughs> So that third drive of the game was only five seconds into the second quarter, but I want to count it because we're using this measurement in the second quarter. 39-yard touchdown bomb to Demarcus Robinson. Fourth drive basically starts inside the black hole, and they keep it moving. They get the first down and third and ten with an excellent play from Mahomes and Robinson that gets undone by that penalty that no one was really a huge fan of, and then it's the bomb touchdown to Hardman on third and 20. By the way, in that third and 20 situation, you have to go downfield. Fifth drive of the game, starting at the sixth, basically, again, in the black hole, moving around, uh, moving down the field again. They want another full field drive. They get pushed to second and 17 after the block in the back behind the line of scrimmage from Cam Irving. And then the Kelsey touchdown on second and 17. Another long down and distance setup where you are trying to... You, you, are, you are trying to pick up all of those chunks of yardage when you can. And then on that sixth drive, the first play is Mahomes getting time throwing the bomb to Marcus Robinson again in a touchdown. So to the point of Mahomes putting the ball just dropping it in the bucket in all of these instances, that is the most important thing. But to me, other spinoffs there are that other stuff wasn't working very well in this game. The running game just wasn't very good. Wasn't there at all. And the short range stuff was fine, but I think largely the Raiders were saying, hey, we're not going to let Sammy Watkins beat us seven yards yeah. at a time in this game. So so Mahomes said, all right, well, I'm going to take these big drops. He was taking some big drops yeah. behind that offensive line because it was almost fully without Eric Fisher. It was out without Eric Fisher since the second drive or something like yep. that. might have been the first drive. Early. Yeah, it was really early. Very, very early. Um, he's taking these huge drops, and, and I imagine, that we, obviously, we're watching the broadcast, and now we're here talking about it, but I, I imagine we would see the, the Raiders paying a lot of attention to that mid-range game, and we saw last week against the Jags, Mahomes is very willing to take whatever the defense is going to end up giving, and this game, I think the Raiders did a pretty good, this is crazy, this is crazy, because they scored 28 points in the second in the second quarter. I think the Raiders did a pretty good job of containing the offense and saying, all right, well, we're going we're gonna to try to limit this mid-range stuff, this short-range stuff, and we are going to smother the run game. And if you are going to beat us, it's going to have to be 45 yards downfield at a time. And they did it Done. because they have Patrick Mahomes and because they have Andy Reid scheming these guys open downfield because they have the, all of this talent with these pass catchers. So I, I just I think that we all have to continually, and we were doing a lot of this last year, 
But I think we all have to continually be doing a lot of rewiring of what we think we know about NFL offenses. The defense is going to try to stick to as much conventional wisdom as it it can because if that defense is merely conventional, this team's going to win the Super Bowl. Mm. The offense, though, is so unconventional because Patrick Mahomes is unconventional, Andy Reid is unconventional, the speed around it is unconventional. It's like watching someone playing Madden on, on rookie mode. If you saw a team playing offense like we saw in the second quarter, if someone was streaming Madden on Twitch, you would eventually turn it off and be like, hey man, turn up the difficulty or stop pretending like you're doing something important here. But the Chiefs are doing it in real life against another NFL team, so... Uh, again, maybe maybe this is now you know tilling over the same ground, feeding a fed horse, whatever. Um, I love it so much. I love feeding a, feeding fat a fed horse. Have we not talked about feeding a fed horse before? No. Peta put out a whole list of oh, uh, okay. of updated updated uh, phrases. So instead of saying beating a dead horse, I now say feeding a fed horse because it always makes me laugh. Okay. Um, I can't even stop it now. Like it's not even a bit anymore. I just say it and go. Oh, I have to explain that, don't I? R. I R. say it in real life. Bye. All right. Oh God, not to mention R.I.P. Popeye. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> That could be the rest of the show, but with all of with all of that being said, and maybe maybe being said twice, the way the Chiefs are doing this is going to look wonky, and it's going to be strange, and it's going to look like something we've never seen before because it is, and it's going to work. That's sort of my that's the place where I'm at. Just just zooming in on that second quarter, what we saw in Week One, what we saw last year. Those are my expectations. Yes, and uh, just to give a, a peek behind the curtain, so to speak, Josh and I sit in separate rooms to watch the games so we can make our own notes, and yeah. we don't... we don't. And because whenever anyone walks in here, I snap at them. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Well, Sometimes last... Beards walks in and asks me a question, I just throw this book at him. I was going to say, you threw something to me last time. Yeah, I so. did. I'm sorry. But, um, Less accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Look, when you listen to the broadcast, they're amped up with information that the team's spoon feed them, right? Right, yeah, yeah. So if, when, when Tony Romo and Jim Nance talk to Andy Reid, I'm well, Gotta watch, uh, gotta watch this uh, Demarcus Robinson. We right. talk to John Gruden. Uh, boy, wait till you see this Jacobs kid run the football, and they're gonna kind of regurgitate things. But Tony right. Romo, like the Chiefs' offense, is in a league by himself, and so he's out there. He's laughing during the game because of the things that Patrick Mahomes and the offense is doing in that second quarter, and he compared it to Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna rain threes, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I thought that was an apt comparison because it's a long-distance shot. And Patrick it, Mahomes is 100%. Taking, and so Tony Romo is just laughing at what the Chiefs are doing. And I think he was not just laughing, but entertained and also got a, a an education into what you're calling this new form of offense that yep. we're not all that familiar with. And Tony Romo, even though he's famous for calling out plays before they happen. Yes! Oh, I'm so glad you're mentioning this. He's learning plays. And yes. he's saying that Andy Reid is doing things that have never been done by anybody else. And this I love Tony Romo. And I he's love what, I, the best. I love what he's doing in this spot also. Yes. Like it's all so good to me. Um and I was furious as, as he was talking about I think it was the one of the, the it was right before the big touchdown pass at the towards the end of the first half. It was like, you know, you probably just do something here that's going to keep the clock running and you don't want right. to try to do too much here. And touchdown, Chief. <laughs> it, it, it's hilarious and he all talks about all the the stuff like the, the running backs coming out of the backfield right. and running down the sidelines. No one else doing stuff like that. It it is helping you. I I also glad you mentioned the Steph Curry comparison. Again, I think all of those things help us to to remind ourselves that this is what the changing of the game looks like. Right. And the NFL hasn't really had a resurgence like this or, or had an overhaul like this like some of the other major sports have where baseball is all home runs now. 
The NBA is all threes. There are these market inefficiencies and these scoring inefficiencies, and I think the Chiefs are finding theirs. But for the Chiefs, the secret weapon isn't just, hey, this math is different. It's we have Patrick Mahomes, right. and the math is different. And we'll talk about that for a while uh, over the course of the rest of the show. We'll eventually hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We'll take some calls really quick. JT's been on hold since the beginning. 913-3810-810. If you went in, what's up, JT? Hello? Hey, JT, what's up? Hey, um, first off, yay for me. I'm first. I beat Gary. I feel good. Uh, two, <laughs> uh, two, uh, it looks like Tano Pasnio can actually play football. It does? Uh, yay for Steve Spagnola. Yep. Um, and, and, and next... I can't decide whether Mahomes looks like uh, you know an SEC quarterback from a dominant program playing a D two school, yeah. or whether he's actually an alien and very soon the Men in Black are going to come <laughs> take him home or we're going to lose him. Oh no! I hope it's not that. Oh, I hope Me it's too. Not that. That'd be but I'm really definitely afraid that may be the case. Yeah, that would be horrible. Thanks, guys. Thanks, so, JT. That's a great. That's a great call. By the way, Tommy Lee Jones, Men in Black, is 73 years old today. Look at that compare. Look at that. Uh, that just that synapse. That fires. So if he and Will Smith show up, it's time to go. Yeah, someone needs to jump in between them or, or get them out of here. We have they have <laughs> to be stopped. Uh, no, for me, like there was a moment. It was like, oh yeah, this is what it looked like whenever Trevor Lawrence like showed up last year and was doing right. Trevor Lawrence things. He's doing it against him and rest with the rest of Clemson also. Like this just looks like an outmatched unit, and it, it's unfair. But the Chiefs are doing it against. Other NFL teams. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. Like one more call before we take a break here. Uh, let's go to Butch. What's up, Butch? Butch, you there? Gave it a shot. Thanks, no. Butch. It sounded like he had his radio on in the background, so he's probably about eight seconds behind. Well, Butch, if you're hearing this after I hung up on you, you can call Beards back. We'll try again later. We'll by do the, our best. By the way, also think about this with Patrick Mahomes being banged up today and still playing as well as he did in the second quarter. Last week, the Jaguars lock, lost Nick Foles after yep. signing him to a huge contract. Yep. Today, Ben Roethlisberger knocked out of the game and yep. uh, for the Steelers, and the Saints, Drew Brees, taken out of the game. So there's some big time, uh, some big dogs on some teams that have uh, thoughts of competing for a Super Bowl who may be missing their quarterback for a little bit. I don't know. By the way, the Jags looked like pretty good today against yes. Houston. They should have won that game, like, yes. legitimately. Like, I don't even hate Doug Marone calling a two-point conversion to win it at the end. Mm. It just ran, like, a little inside zone run that was honestly deeply depressing to me because yes. Garner Minshew had been so good. That's something that, just back of your head also, in case you missed it, earlier the the, the Chargers lost to the Lions, um, and then just now the Broncos lost on a long field goal by the Bears at go. mile high. I think it was maybe 54 yards. The Bears made a field goal? They made I, that's <laughs> it was legitimately stunning to me. Uh so the uh the AFC West has has now completely cleared out. Uh the Chiefs are 2 and 0 and alone at the top of the West and I imagine they will not be doing much moving around in the standings. That's the spot that they uh, they exist, rightfully so in my mind. Chiefs win today, twenty eight to ten. I'm Joshua Briscoe, along with Brad Porter. We'll continue breaking down the game whenever we come back here. Missouri Lottery Chiefs post game show right here on Sports Radio eight ten. The Chiefs post game show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Mahomes throwing left, wide open to Marcus Robinson inside the five. Touchdown, Kansas City. Demarcus Robinson runs free. Remember, he had the 89-yard touchdown a year ago against these guys. He gives adrenaline to the whole Chiefs kingdom with a 44-yard bomb from Mahomes. It really was a shot of adrenaline. 
in that game today. A very much needed one, and that's why we make that our Tullamu... Tullamu? Tullamordu totally touchdown of the game. Told you I had the sniffles earlier. So, sorry, <laughs> Tullamordu. Uh, it is a, a big moment for the Chiefs, again, in that in that that moment of, oh man, will this game be the trap game we were all terrified of? In that moment, I think we all probably knew that it wasn't. So again, it's our Tullamordu totally touchdown of the game. We raise a toast to Demarcus Robinson for scoring his first touchdown on the season here in 2019. Tullamore Dew is the original triple-blended, smooth-sipping Irish whiskey made exactly for these great moments in fandom. Please drink Tullamore Dew responsibly. Demarcus Robinson did not treat that secondary responsibly today, and no. I think I think we can have that as a, a conversation about uh, what happened whenever the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. I uh, don't know what Beards just said, though. What did you say, Beards? Butch called back. We'll get to Butch here. We'll give Butch a second try in a second. We'll also get to Andy Reid very, very soon. Um, we we were talking about this a little bit. We talked about this all last week, and we're, we're going to be talking about this for a while. The Chiefs lose Tyreek Hill last week against the Jags, and then at the beginning of the game today, my thought was, oh, we may have underrated what the Chiefs were losing in Tyreek Hill. The, the place where it showed for me right out of the gate was on that first drive on third and nine. The Chiefs were going to convert it, and, and I thought Tony Romo broke it down exceptionally on the broadcast. The ball was where it was supposed to be on that throw by Romo's estimation, although our, our friend Danny Milniak pointed out that it's just like a quarterback to blame the receiver in that moment. But I tend <laughs> to buy what Romo was selling there because if Hardman flattens out that route right when he breaks towards the sideline instead of kind of drifting over to that spot. He, the it, ball's exactly where he should have been. You can go back and rewatch that play and you'll see it. And I think it was just a, a generally a, a rookie mistake that um that that Tyreek Hill doesn't make in that spot. I, that, that's not a terribly complex mistake by Hardman. It's just like, oh yeah, that's something that you probably don't have to worry about all that much in college and something that whenever it's a mistake you make in the NFL, it shows. He was uh, what receivers call rounding his route yes. instead of planting and going flat across. You know, about the only time you round out anything is on a wheel route, but you're still planning. Right, that's a himself. planned wheel. Yeah, that's a planned sure. wheel. So he was rounding out his route, and you're right, that's a rookie mistake. You can get away with that in Georgia, at Georgia. Yep. When you're the fastest guy in college football, that's fine. You can't get away with it in the National Football League because the quarterbacks – are so much better. Yeah. They're going to put the ball exactly where it's supposed to be. Yes. And I guarantee Patrick Mahomes, either right after that when they went to the sidelines or during film study coming up, is going to take him aside and say, look, what, we can't do that at this level. When I when I call your whatever, eight route, nine route, mm-hmm. whatever they use their numbers for, you need to be flat. You cannot be rounding it off. Because if you're off by two yards, that ain't going to happen. And it was something that he he didn't repeat that mistake no. because on that bomb touchdown later, Great. it was a perfect route. The ball went exactly where it needed to be. He was exactly where the ball landed. Like everything there was exceptional. That was again, that was a Madden thing where everyone's accuracy and awareness is at ninety nine. You go, oh yeah, this is where people are supposed to be on this play. And Hardman nailed it. And it was great again later on on the touchdown that got called back from the the LaShawn McCoy penalty. Like it was. It, it was a one-time, uh-oh, Hardman might not be ready for this, and then every time after that, every uh-oh came from a defender. And on, on the touchdown play for Hardman, it was an out-and-up. And, up. and you, you can round it just a little bit, but not much. Again, you're still making the cuts. 
and he drew the defenders away from each other by just a couple of yards and then split them, and Patrick Mahomes saw it right away, all the way, and delivered the perfect pass, and, and Hardman's one of those guys who, at this time, he kept running. You remember back in training camp yes. when Mahomes got all over him? You gotta keep running! You can't stop! On that play, Hardman kept running. Not only did he split the defensive backs and the defenders, he got behind them. Even if it was only by a couple of yards, that's all Patrick Mahomes needs to deliver the ball and get six points. If you want to call in, 913-3810-810. We'll take your calls tonight here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. Let's give Butch another shot. What's up, Butch? Oh, no. We're about to have a repeat. It's the two strikes in your out system, Butch. What's going on? Maybe next week. <laughs> I don't know. Did he talk to you, Beards? You heard Butch's voice. Butch is speaking. He exists. Okay. Butch does exist. It's on right there. It's on like a spooky ghost. I just heard wind swirling, and so I thought maybe that was what's going on there. It sounded like he was walking through the Eisenhower Tunnel in Colorado and just... <laughs> yeah, it sounded very chilly wherever <laughs> yes. he was. It sounded like I heard Arctic winds and maybe a boo. Uh, well, it is almost Halloween. If least. you're not if you're not uh, super confident in your cell phone connection, maybe you can text the show also, 913-912-4810, or you can comment on the uh, Sports Radio 810 Facebook page. Those are all uh, ways you can get in touch with the show. And um, we're close, I bet, to Andy Reid. Beards, do you have an ETA? Almost. Almost have an ETA, or it's almost Andy Reid time? <laughs> yes. Thank you, Beards. If you can answer in... Well, I don't know how to uh, Englishly speaking. Is that an affirmative negative? I have. I, I, I have no idea. I don't know how to diagnose those responses. Um, let's let's stick on the uh, on the Tyree Kill discussion here for one okay. more minute because last week, as they lost Tyree Kill, they they adjusted on the fly in a way that made me think they were not we weren't going to have to worry about him in the long run, right? Or or the team in the long run because they look so good feeding Sammy Watkins in this game. Uh, Travis Kelsey has a big moment with his touchdown catch, um, but outside of that, it wasn't a it wasn't a it wasn't the, the Travis Kelsey game. Like sometimes no. you'll see whenever he'll end up he with big, twelve receptions or whatever. He had the big third down reception in the second half. I think it was third and seven, and he got just over the line. He knew exactly where he needed to be, uh, and got the she kept the clock running, and the Chiefs held on to the football. So that was good, but not particularly great. And you mentioned Sammy Watkins earlier. Uh, nothing deep, really. Uh, right. Maybe one shot, uh, but most of it was um, when I take notes when they when they throw that quick pass to the sideline. I call it a zip pass. Uh, it was mostly zip passes to the sideline and counting on Watkins to pick up an extra five to seven yards. And there was one play in particular where he looked like he was walking after he caught the ball. And maybe that's just because he has outrageous speed, but it didn't look like he was. Uh, putting in a lot on the speed front, he was just looking to gain a few extra yards. But most of the plays to Sammy Watkins were just little zips left and right to the sidelines. And and not to say Kelsey didn't have an excellent game. He did. He had 100 yards over seven receptions. The point of all of that for me is this was an offense with so many, not even mouths to feed, because it makes it sound like a problem, so many weapons that you put Demarcus Robinson in the, in the Tyreek Hill role, you, you get 100 quiet yards from Travis Kelsey, as if that's even possible. And these guys, like, Demarcus Robinson goes for 28 yards per reception. Kelsey for 15.3. McCole Hardman for 15.3. Over 8 from Sammy Watkins. 16 from Damian Williams. And this isn't even with, like, one... These aren't dudes with one or two receptions. You're, you're looking at Demarcus Robinson holding that average with, with a few bombs and then also some just really successful pass plays. There were a handful of throws in this game. Like, I can't even tell you which one specifically jumps to mind. 
because there are multiple throws in this game. Oh, man, that, like, 12-yard throw or whatever, if that would have been made in, during the Alex Smith season, you'd be like, oh, look at, look at Alex looking downfield. <laughs> no, that's not what downfield looks like. What downfield looks like we saw multiple times in this game, often in the form of, uh, of touchdowns. A 12-yard pass for Patrick Mahomes is in your, is intermediate. That's yeah, a check down. That's a check down. Yeah, that's it's an intermediate. Check, it's it's a handoff. <laughs> yes. 12 yards downfield <laughs> yes. is a handoff. And that's something that we're going to I don't I don't even think we can we can repeat this point enough. Like the the stuff that's becoming normal still isn't around the rest of the league and and the things like the the accuracy on seriously like a, you know third and eight a pass that goes 9 yards that's something that's hard to find. Like, I was watching a lot because this was a late game. I got to watch a lot of football in the noon from the noon kickoffs today. There are so many quarterbacks in this league who you can't trust to throw that to throw any pass on third and seven, and third and seven for the Chiefs. It just it just feels like it feels like any other play. That's a, and Tony Romo brought that up during the game too. It was there was a penalty. I think it was third and seven. There was a five yard penalty. Got pushed back to third and thirteen. And as the Chiefs were lining up, Romo said, "Well, third and thirteen for the Chiefs is like third and three. Right? This is this right. is this is no big deal. This is not a struggle. This is not getting a five yard penalty on third and seven to put you in third and thirteen is not something that cripples your offense. It's not something you, you grab your play card and oh my god, what's our third and thirteen play? Where right. where do we go from here? It's, okay, dial up the next one. Right? What do we got? And that's 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 just life with the Chiefs right now. Yeah, and it's unbelievable. Like it's such I'm just so glad that this is what it looks like to be in this space and that we are here with all of this in Kansas City. It's outstanding. Uh 913-3810-810 if you want to call in and uh, fire off a shot. Let's go to Brandon. What's up, Brandon? Hey, I was just going to say uh the thing I loved about this game is you take Patrick Holmes and I think the comparison that spares Tom Brady you look at a receiver like Demarcus Robinson, who is mm-hmm. under everyone's radar in the mm-hmm. league, and out of today, he becomes the number one fantasy receiver. Yep. Like, this just shows you that Mahomes doesn't need, I mean, great, granted, it's, it's nice to have his targets, but he doesn't need those guys. If you're a good quarterback, you can make receivers, good receivers, great receivers. It's like the uh, the Hogan kid with New England. Or he's, he's not there anymore. Have you heard of him since? Yeah, I, he went. I think he. I don't even. I can't remember where he went. Uh, and Brandon, I appreciate the call. It's a really good point because what I was going was just back to Week One. If I was going to give you Philip Dorsett's stat line in Week One, he had four for ninety-five and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And now that's even four receptions is different than I think what was what it was six for for Robinson. And that's actually something we talked about a little bit over the course of this offseason, which is why I'm so glad that, that Brandon brought it up. Whenever you pay Tyreek Hill, you, maybe they're probably not going to pay Demarcus Robinson next offseason. He looked amazing today, and my hunch is they probably won't pay him. They draft McCool Hardman. They did it with Sammy Watkins. You're not going to be paying Hill, Watkins, and, and Robinson, and Kelsey all starter money. That's just a lot of money to pay those guys. Plus, again, Hardman on the rookie deal still. Like, you're probably not going to do that, and, and to some extent, you have to you have to trust your quarterback enough to make Philip Dorsett or Chris Hogan or maybe Demarcus Robinson look like an exceptional receiver when they're not. But you also need to walk that line and then not ask your quarterback to create whenever he doesn't have anything to to throw to. So it's a really delicate balance, but it's a really important one, especially whenever you have what you believe to be an elite quarterback. Maybe a comp would be in terms of you're going to let somebody go. Uh, remember the the last year Albert Wilson was here. Yep. He had a pretty good season. He's yep. not, nothing spectacular, yep. but he was a reliable guy. Uh, looked like he might be in the plans, and all of a sudden the Dolphins offer him a monster contract, yep. and it's like, okay, we can't afford it. And now 
Uh, he's hurt. He got hurt last week. But uh, and now Chris that, Conley is in Jacksonville. I mean, yeah. you, sometimes you let those guys go. And and for for Robinson, like I, I'm imagining the people listening right now going, "Wait, no!" I, but I, he looked like Michael Thomas today. Yeah. He did. He looked incredible. But what did he look like whenever Alex Smith was here? You know, they go, well, he hadn't been in the offense for that long. Then right. that's totally reasonable. Right. That is totally fair. And he was outstanding today. But I, I really am looking forward to kind of getting some more answers over the next few weeks of, like, how many guys can Patrick Mahomes make the, the hottest waiver wire pickup in, in all of fantasy sports? It's a really good point, and it's a really interesting question that, that I guess, you know, you don't want these circumstances, but it really is it really is a, a place that the Chiefs are going to get to answer some, some questions over the next few weeks until Hill gets back. Uh, I should let you know that you're listening to the Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City, presented by the Missouri Lottery. From scratchers to Powerball, every Missouri Lottery ticket you play creates opportunities for Missouri students. Pay it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Beards, I don't know what you're saying. You're very quiet and far away from the microphone whenever you quietly whisper to me. Just yell at me, Beards. Just yell at me. Was that to everyone or was that just to me? No, I heard it. Was it just to me? Well, Brad also <laughs> just heard it. Beards said we need a break soon. Just either I just, you just say it yeah, loud it or just say it on air. It's fine. You can tell you can tell all the listening audience that you're bullying me into taking a commercial break. I don't I don't mind everyone knowing that you're being a bully. Makes me look better. Which I can always use. Uh, you know what, Brett? I just had a great idea. Sure. Let's take a commercial break. Yeah. An idea that just popped into my head as if whispered into my ear by God. And here's something you can think about if you're trying to think of who Patrick Mahomes can make look great again. Why not Byron Pringle? I mean. <laughs> In the last four days, he went from cut to the, he went to practice, practice squad, squad to cut, back to the active roster. back yeah. to the active roster. I don't know. <laughs> that was all really strange. I don't have any answers for that. If you call and ask about Byron Pringle, though, after the Chiefs go to Oakland and uh, pull out a victory, I think you probably got your priorities all out of order. All right. We're waiting on Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to speak to the media. We'll bring it to you here on the Chiefs postgame show on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Damian Williams to the left of Mahomes. Takes the snap right at his belt. Turns the right hip. Now he's going to gun it long. He wants to Marcus Robinson coming back to the ball. He's got it in the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Demarcus Robinson, it's his turn to have the game of his life. And the Chiefs have four consecutive touchdowns. And Mahomes is in a human acetylene torch. I mean, he is, Demarcus Robinson was an absolutely excellent game from both of those guys. I'm going to go ahead and make Demarcus Robinson our Bud Light Famous Among Friends Chiefs player of the game this football season. Keep it crisp with Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of your Kansas City Chiefs. We could give it to Mahomes literally every, every week, week yeah. so I'm going to keep picking the guys that aren't Mahomes to give it to whenever there's a game like that. Last week it was Sammy Watkins, this week it was Demarcus Robinson. By the way, we remember all during the summer the, the national media uh, conversation, the talking points, is Patrick Mahomes going to regress? It's only natural. I so literally have already forgotten about so it. So Maho- uh, Curtis Siebel tweeted out just a few minutes ago, 2018, weeks one and two, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions for Mahomes. 2019, weeks one and two, Seven interceptions, or rather seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's clearly slipped. Yep. To which J- Jason Anderson said, well, the film's gotten out on him. By the way, yeah. one more statistical note. Uh, Patrick Mahomes now has two career 400-yard passing games for the Chiefs. That is the most in club history. It's incredible. 
and uh, and I, I imagine that won't be the last record that Patrick Mahomes no. breaks. They're all going uh, out. I, yeah, he's going to break <laughs> every record, not just Chiefs records. There are going to be NFL records that are going to be falling and continue falling very, very soon. Let's go back to the phones, 913-3810-810, if you want to hop in. Andrew, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, just wanted to have a couple observations for you guys, and I think the biggest thing for me was the first quarter to the other three quarters, obviously. But Spags, man, and, and John Gruden with his, you know, I think he's an offensive-minded coach, and his first 25 plays, I think he, you know, dominated Spags, you know, defensively. But the big thing going through the summer and stuff like that was, you know, a lot of the players said it was simpler. The defense was simpler. They let him play more. And I think once you realize, you know, that, you know, after the first quarter, that Derek Carr's going, you know, three, four, five yards, and that's about it, getting it out 1.5 seconds, 1.6 seconds, he let those corners play. Yeah. He let Breland and Fuller, he let Ward, he let him get, you know, tough with them up early, you know, and, and let him throw it deep, go deep on us. And you saw after 28-10, you know, they weren't going deep. They still were trying to throw short stuff. And, and lastly, you know, uh, the offense that Andy Reid, you know, and, and Mahomes do, it makes other teams get away from what they're good at. Yeah. Josh Jacobs was dominating. Right. And I think Spags understands the relationship between the offense, what we do, right, and what he can do defensively where, you know, they're going to get away from the stuff. So I need to find what's their what's their plan B and let's stop their plan B because they're going to get away from plan A because they're down 18, 21, 24 points. You know, so yeah. I'll, listen, I'll listen off the air, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it, Andrew. Yeah, you're right. And, and so I think it's a good observation to, again, look back from the beginning of the game and look at how the defense changed. Uh, there's been a lot made and will continue to be a lot made about the pass rush. The Chiefs spent a lot of money to revamp that pass rush this offseason, and it's been relatively quiet. Frank mm-hmm. Clark has been relatively quiet yeah. over these first two games of the season. And I do think there's something to be said for the fact that we, we saw some blitzes in a few specific moments, but... Whenever you look at, at the consistency in which Spagnolo has sort of laid off a little bit in terms of bringing extra pressure, I think I think that there's something to be learned there because Foles was going to do this. Minshew was getting rid of the ball very quickly. Mm-hmm. Carr gets rid of the ball very quickly. And so if you are just going to, to merely be hanging on for dear life and, and, and probably not getting to the quarterback because he's going to get rid of the ball so quickly— if you want to devote a, a few more bodies to, to helping in coverage, I actually think there's a logic to that. The best play that they put on, and the only this is the first time I've seen it this year uh, against a quarterback, is they finally brought a corner blitz with uh, Fuller. Mm-hmm. Brought him from the line mm-hmm. him up on the left side, and he ran free. He got a straight shot on uh, Derek Carr and, and put him down. As, as far as Frank Clark goes, I saw him make one play. It was a stretch run where he got a tackle in the backfield, but other than that, I didn't yep. see him get to the quarterback. But yeah, the Fuller corner blitz I'd, I'd like to see that a little bit more but maybe they don't trust the corners all that much to leave it them out there on risk yes absolutely risk yep uh Patrick Mahomes is at the podium in Oakland see what he had to say following the Chiefs victory <laughs> yeah no, there, there, there was times where I, I felt it a little bit but uh, we did a good job the training staff did a good job of uh kind of helping me out all week to get me in the best best possible condition and uh, I thought I, it held up well during the game uh, and we made some made some big plays. What was it about that second quarter, that stretch run that run you guys had in that quarter? Uh, we were just hitting on, hitting on the plays. I mean, we, it was the same game plan as the, the – we kind of stayed at the same game plan, called the same plays. We hit on them in the second quarter and we missed them in uh, other parts of the game. And so, uh, I mean, we had a great quarter, but as a as an offense, we were it was too much sloppiness, I guess, I guess you would say, and weren't uh, being efficient as we we usually are. Magic, no Tyreek today, but you had some other guys like D. Rob and Moses. 
Yeah, I mean, that's how we that's how we roll as a team in general. It's just whenever guys get their opportunity, they step up and make plays. It's it's not a, it's not soaking in uh, like someone else that going down. It's about getting in and the next guy up mentality. But uh, uh, we're ready. Hopefully, get Tyreek back here soon. But at the same time, while he's not here, those guys are going to step up and play. You went there was a couple times you could have taken off. Well, there were times not to do that. Yeah, I mean, there, there was times where I, I kind of. Focus more on throwing the ball instead of running. Like I was gonna try to go make a block on that one with Damian, and realized that probably wasn't a good idea. Um, but um, it was. Uh, I mean, just trying to stay in the pocket, make things happen from there. I got a lot of skill positions. The line protected really well for me and kept, kept me upright and kept me where I could just move around the pocket and make throws. Have you guys concerted effort sometimes? Like you go to market yeah, I think that's one thing about this offense is I just go through my reads and whoever's open is open and I just try to give them chances to make plays and I, I thought that they kind of focused on trying to take away Sammy after his big game last week and it gave other guys opportunities to make plays and so that was that that was uh, how we roll as an offense is that whoever like I said it's, every week it's someone else that makes plays and so if we can keep doing that then uh, hopefully we'll keep having success. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, they, they they did a good job of stopping stopping the run game. We we figured out ways to have uh, success with the pass, and so I mean, there'll be there'll be weeks whenever the run game's where we need to go to, and the pass game is uh, what what's kind of stalling out on the field a little bit. And so it, when you have guys in every single position, you kind of just pick what they're what they're trying to stop and just go with what the, what the, that they're not. And what was it about today's game that allowed uh, Marcus to he just made the plays whenever the, the ball was thrown his way. I mean, he's a he's a guy that's always going to be working. He's always going to be trying to get open. And uh, when his number got called today, he made big plays. And uh, I think that was something that he's done his whole entire career. Patrick, just somebody who's been around him. I mean, you worked out in the offseason. Just personally, this, what does it mean to you to see Demarcus have that opportunity for him to go out and get Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome for sure. I mean, he's a guy that... Uh, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle of things sometimes whenever he's a guy that's super talented and makes a lot of big plays happen. And, I mean, it's it's everything from catching the ball and scrambles, uh, catching touchdowns, maybe being the last read across the, the middle of the field, or making the, making the blocks and doing whatever he can to help his teammates out. And so when you have guys that, that play hard for, for each other and that they finally get their time to shine, uh, it's always good to see that. Sam, Patrick, just with Kyrie being out, obviously your Uh, I don't think it was any point to try to prove that uh, we could do it, I guess you would say, without Tyreek, but it was just running the offense the way we, we run it. I mean, that, we're not going to change what we do. Uh, I mean, obviously, we want Tyreek out there. He's a one-of-a-kind player, someone that's special on the field. But we're going to run our offense the way we run it, and guys are going to step up and make plays when their number's called. Can't you really like the play that didn't count, along with uh, McCole? He said that was a matter of trust with you. Can you take it through? Yeah, it was. Uh, they were bringing kind of a, a, a weird pressure where they bring both guys in the double eight and that double A gap and the safety uh, down as well. And so I, I'd got it protected pretty well. I thought the offensive line uh, did a good job of kind of swelling up big, and and we'd kind of worked that almost all off season of having that opportunity to make that throw versus a pressure look like that, and we made it. Uh, unluckily, we got called with the holding call, but I mean, I thought the guys were fighting hard and trying to protect me as best they can. In fact, you talk about the two drives that you guys had in the second quarter, I think 20 plays, almost 200 yards, took a lot of time off clock, really killed the momentum that they had after the 15 first quarter. Yeah, you got to be able to do that. Uh, I thought. 
Uh, that's one thing we kind of emphasize this year is when those long drives go, we got to make sure that we finish them and get points and score touchdowns. Uh, last year we, we scored a lot quickly, but there were sometimes we stalled out on those long drives. And so it's good to see that early in the season that we're having those long drives where we can keep the defense off the field, get them rested up, and we still score touchdowns. And when they come back out, they can shut them down like they did all, all game today. Right. Patrick, it looks like in the first quarter you might have a couple Yeah, I mean, uh, it, was, it was the thing. I don't know if it was a miscommunication. I think it was just him finding the speed of the game. Uh, whenever, I mean, he's still a young guy. I mean, it's his second game in the league, and he, he realized that he has to be faster with his cuts. He kind of tried to sell it a little bit more with a nod, and he, and he was open, but it was it was late, and the pressure was there. And so I just told him he's got to speed it up. He's got to play. He's got to play with that speed. Use your speed, and you saw in the rest of the game, he sped it up and made big plays for us. So how did it feel to Yeah, it, it was really cool. Uh, it honestly was. I think it, uh, I found out from Ted or Brad or them that I think he pitched like on this day, like two days before I was born. So uh, if that's true, credit to those guys. But that, it's really cool. So it might have been the last time he, he pitched it before I was born and me to play there, uh, couple, what is it, 23 years, old, I guess, away from that. Uh, it would be like uh, pretty cool for that. With, uh, last question. With getting a rip off, yeah, I think it was guys just doing what what their what their coach are doing. We had so many special playmakers that they were making those plays, and that's what I kind of told the guys after the game. Is I felt like in the second half, I felt like we were trying to make those big plays happen again. And whenever we're at our best is when we're just running the offense and when guys get their one-on-one matchups or they run their route, they make the play. And it's not about trying to do anything special. It's about just doing what they do and not trying to do too much. That's Patrick Mahomes following the game today in Oakland. Patrick Mahomes' press conference is presented by GoodSense. GoodSense was founded 30 years ago right here in Kansas City and couldn't be more proud of their hometown. They ought to be truly good at something takes hard work, and it just makes good sense to have Patrick Mahomes as a part of their team. GoodSense right here in Kansas City. What's up, Brad? What do you think? Uh, what no- you got? Well, he pointed out exactly what we were talking about with Hardman on That's that exactly missed pass. Was he, go. Yep. he wasn't getting there fast enough, and I— I don't think he commented on his route, but said he wasn't fast enough. And so he told him, you got to get there faster because yep. these guys are coming after me. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, also found a note. I jotted it down during the game, but I just read it. Uh, Gil Brandt just retweeted it. The last seven road games for Patrick Mahomes, he has thrown for three or more touchdowns in all of them. That is the most in the history of the National Football or the longest streak mm-hmm. in the history of the National Football League. Mahomes was seven. Tom Brady was six. Brett Favre and Dan Marino with five each. Three of those four are locks for the Hall of Fame. One is on his way. Yeah, I imagine that that list is, is at this point, probably going to be uh, five Hall of Famers deep. Yes. <laughs> and that's crazy. Like, we're saying that about the Chiefs quarterback, everybody. Yes. That That's wild. Um, BJ, do time to sneak in a call before we go to Andy Reid here? Let's do that, then. Let's go ahead and go to Chris. Chris, you're on the Chiefs postgame show. Hey, uh, how you guys doing? I, I, I have nothing negative to say, so that's going to be boring, but I do want to <laughs> ask a question about um, how, how – uh, whether you run the ball, and mm. I, I understand the metrics and all of that, but um, the thing that, that I noticed in the Jacksonville game was they were selling out on every RPO and every play action. If you, if you don't at least run the ball a few times, don't you uh, have Mahomes being hit a few more times? So it's, that's really interesting. Uh, and, Chris, I appreciate the call. Thank you for asking the question. I promise not to dodge it. I'm actually going to answer it because my inclination is to just stop running the ball forever. Um, but not <laughs> and not literally. Here's the thing. There is there is just, in my mind, in, in the next 20 years of the sport, there is no 
There is no thought that you will ever see an evolution of it that completely ignores places where you can th- you can be running the ball and maybe where you should be running the ball. Again, if you want to keep the, the basketball um, uh, analogy running, there's never a time whenever you're like, well, we're just going to line up all of five of our defenders around the three-point line and never let them shoot a three, and then they'll just still, we'll just block it. No, eventually someone's going to penetrate there. In an RPO situation, if it is available, and it's a great point to say Jacksonville is selling out to stop the pass, and that's fine. But in this game, you saw the Raiders have a pretty good hold, an extremely good hold on the Chiefs' run game. So in an instance like that, you can figure out where they're selling out and everything, and it's somewhere where you have to trust Andy Reid and where I do trust Andy Reid. If there are instances in which the run game is going to be predominantly um, ignored, I suppose, or or they're even especially, if they're going to say, you know what, we're just going to give you a ton of defensive backs and dare you to keep throwing it, if they then turn around and hand it to LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams a bunch of times, that's fine by me. I'm not I'm not actually advocating Andy Reid just throwing away the the run section of his uh, of his playbook or just just you know cropping that uh, giant laminated play sheet but I think that going there voluntarily is typically a mistake. Yes, it, you go there it, out of necessity is what I would argue. And to once again extend the NBA analogy, the NBA in about about 10 12 years ago was in a bad spot mm-hmm. offensively where every team did what we call the clear out You had four offensive players on one side of the arc or one side of the lane, Mm -hmm. and then you had Carmelo Anthony on the other side playing one-on-one. And if anybody crashed down on him, it was made it two-on-one, you had a backdoor option. That was it. That Mm -hmm. was the whole game. And then the evolution with what the Warriors have been doing, and they're not the only team. Other teams are are doing it as well. But that evolution has kind of taken that away, and you you don't have to park your big man downstairs anymore because your big man better be able to shoot every game play. And so in the evolution of the National Football League, you used to be able to have clunky tight ends that really didn't do a whole lot other than block. Maybe catch a few passes a game. I mean, Jonathan Hayes was a great tight end for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. but he wasn't the modern-day tight end. Tony Gonzalez created or was part of the creation of that evolution, and it's not going back. Right. I, at least I don't believe so anytime nope. soon. And, and sometimes those evolutions everyone picks up on. I'm not even sure if, again, if if it would make sense for the Raiders to try to play the game like I'm saying they no. should try to play. No. Now, I will say that analytically it would make sense to be doing at least a version of that because throwing the ball is almost always statistically more productive than running the ball, but it actually wasn't for the Raiders today. So they, this team may be engineered to be an exception. Uh, let's go to Tommy Moe. What's up, Tommy Moe? Yeah, it'll be interesting if the four-minute offense that the Chiefs revolutionized that, and it's just uh, RPOs and short passes. Yeah, like they did today. That's e- be interesting. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, Frank Clark is scaring the hell out of me because I uh, I saw the ghost of Bob Sutton mm-hmm. appear once today. I saw him running down the field covering someone. Yeah, he was like eight yards downfield, and it was horrifying. <laughs> yeah, and here's another thing. He's scaring me. Put your hand on the in the ground. Look down at the ball. It's like D Ford is coming to his body, and he's scared to get anywhere close <laughs> to that line on right. third and long. Right. I mean, it's like he's two. Uh, I don't want to say he's two yards off the line, but my God, put your hand down the ground, look down at the ball. You know what you're doing, and go rush the passer. It looks like, you know, he's a yard behind where he needs to be, and that's that's big when it comes rushing the passer. Get yeah. on the line of scrimmage, react to the ball. Am I am I the only one seeing that, or you know, he's just not doing his thing. He's standing up, which I don't know if that's been taught to him or if that's a better way to attack the the, uh, the the left tackle, but put your hand on the ground. Let's go, buddy. 
Uh, Timo, I appreciate it. It's always good to hear from you. I can't say that I can speak to the the lineup uh, yard off line of scrimmage thing. I, I simply didn't notice that. I t- I tend to believe to, to believe Tommy Mo. Um, but as far as like him in general being a little scary at this point, where you saw him downfield in coverage, and I saw him downfield in coverage. I think maybe the same number of times uh, that I saw him doing something at or behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You don't love that. No, and like that's I think if you're nervous, that's fine. I wouldn't hit a panic button, but if you notice all of that, I think that's totally reasonable. I noticed it, and again, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Like I, I think that they the Spagnuolo was was largely under the the belief that the best way to go about slowing down the Raiders and stopping the Raiders would be let's let our guys cover. Let's try to make it as hard as possible for these guys to get open, even if that means not bringing as much heat when it comes to to you know just sending extra blitzers and everything. The problem there, though, is the reason you trade for Frank Clark is because you believe that he can get to the quarterback without other blitzers doing it. And so, again, if all of that leaves you a little bit concerned, I would be, uh, I'd, be I'd be very hesitant to tell you that you're off base. I'll tell you on the on a flip side, a guy I felt really good watching today was Chris Jones. Yeah, um, last week was kind of iffy. There yep. wasn't a lot of pressure up the middle on Foles or Minshaw. Uh, today we saw him get to the quarterback for one sack. We saw him pressure a couple of times and get some hits. We saw him bat down two passes today. Mm-hmm. And that's something you got to have from big guys in the middle. We didn't see that as much last week. We saw a lot more of that today. And and I think that it's good to be able to find one of the things in the pass rush. And I also would very much understand, again, if you're largely feeling negative about it, I would get it. One more call, and then Andy Reid will be there, Re- uh, Beards. All right, we'll go to Andy Reid here after we talk to Seamus. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, so just two real big observations I think I've been seeing the last two weeks. is One, heading into this game, it didn't look like anybody really was taking Oakland seriously. Obviously, that changed going into the second quarter. Yeah. I'm not alone in thinking that, right? No, no. It, it was sort of a punchline in that first quarter happens. You go, oh, yeah, this team actually has been good, not just against the Broncos, but now against the Chiefs for a quarter. And then the second one, is it just me or has Travis Kelsey been looking kind of sluggish for him lately? I mean, he, he's got the ball plenty, which is good. But he hasn't had the same yak ability that he's had in the past, it looks like. Uh, Shamus, I appreciate the call. I think I think part of that is the speed around him. To be honest, like I think whenever you are watching as much of Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman and even Demarcus Robinson as you are, you you see again that Travis Kelsey is a tight end. I think as a as an all around weapon, and maybe maybe he's lost half a step. I'm not willing to say that's like totally off base, but whenever you look at the all around matchup problem that he is, he is still generally uncoverable because he's he, he he's not Tyreek Hill's speed but he's too fast for linebackers and he's too big for safeties and that's how you crack the code of a matchup like that and they when you watch the replay and it was broken down later in the game uh, on the CBS crew his touchdown play was straight man-to-man yep and, and if you're man-to-man you're against man-to- Travis Kelsey and he's deep going to score a touchdown it's it's not good for you it's not yep. going to end well because he's just so big you're not you're not going to hand fight him for the ball and you're not going to hand fight him and throw him off his route. That's just not going to happen. And the way Patrick Mahomes delivers the ball, you don't want to say anything is automatic, but if he gets his hands on it, it's pretty much automatic. 
And by the way, what I was thinking about safeties also extends to the times that you try to cover them with a corner. That might be your best bet, yep. but you're going to have to have a freakish cornerback that can keep up with his size as well as, as, as having the speed there. It's just really, really difficult. Because, I mean, I, Seth Kaiser, who we are going to just reference every postgame show probably last week, I think it was a, a gif of uh, Kelsey juking Luke Keekley out of his soul oh, yeah. at one point. And, <laughs> and it, people were talking about Miles Jack. Everybody. Every linebacker loses to Travis Kelsey, and, and I do think that that continues, even if maybe he's not as pop off the screen fast as he was at one point, which, again, I wouldn't tell him to his face that he's not because I'm not sure. I, <laughs> but you know what? I'll take that as something else to, to look into. Can we go to Andy Reid here? All right, let's do it. The head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs addressed the media following the Chiefs' victory over the Oakland Raiders. I just saw a couple injuries here real quick. Uh, Derek Fisher, or excuse me, Eric Fisher, um, Hurt his groin. He had hurt it in practice, tried to go today, um, couldn't do it. Um, Cam came in and replaced him. I thought did a nice job there. Damian Williams and McCoy. Um, Williams hurt his, uh, has a contusion on his right knee, and then uh, McCoy uh, hurt his ankle there a bit. So I think they're, they'll be all right as we go. But I'm proud of our guys. We were down by 10 points there, and um, for our, everybody to kind of rally. And, and come back, I, I thought was a was a big step. When you come here, you got to be a team, and uh, there's no place in the league more than that. Even though our fans snuck in here, and man, they're great. But um, and we thank them for for taking that chance coming here. It's a tough place to come into. So, um, but um, I was proud of our guys for for doing that, rallying it up, and and uh, just kind of putting their foot down, saying enough's enough, and and um, and getting we, we we grew a little bit today. So, with that, time's yours. <clears throat> From the first quarter to second, it seemed the offense was a bit out of sync, and then it wasn't. Yeah, well, about it, but I, <laughs> I'm not sure there was. Yeah, so I guess what I'm saying, everybody put their foot down. I thought our defense did that. I thought the offense did it, um, and they just kind of calmed down and, and said, "Listen, let's let's go." And we're, you know, uh, it was uh, they they woke us up with with a. Uh, ten points there. So. Hey, folks, you recall after the ninety-five and ninety-four yard drives, or having uncorked them yourselves twice in a row, and what does that do to the other team? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that was a, a tribute to the to the players, and um, you know, guys made some big plays there. And uh, my hat goes off to D. Rob. He had he had a big day, and there's nobody that um, epitomizes the, uh, do your job and. And don't worry about the results. Don't worry about any credit or anything else. He got it. Does all the dirty work, and then yeah, this day to day, which was beautiful. So um, my hat goes off to him. And then Patrick had a nice day. I mean, I can go right down the list. I mean, uh, you have a win, and uh, obviously the guys did a nice job. And you know, what was it about uh, today's game that allowed Robinson to be this week's Sammy Watkins? Yeah. So um, he he was singled up, and. Um, and that was really it. So they, they put it. They they were concentrating a little bit on Sam. They were concentrating on Kels, and uh, it allowed D. Rob to get out there and and make some plays. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 McCole did. It's too bad that that last one. That was, that was a zero blitz look. I mean, and Patrick trusted him, which is big right there. Just that in itself. I mean, he's a rookie, and he put it out there, and the kid went and got it. Uh, we had a penalty on it that brought it back, but. Um, uh, the other teams see that, and that, that's a uh, that's a maximum blitz. I mean, there there's one guy that's free. So, and um, Patrick bought a little time on that. But anyways, I thought all the receivers did they did a good job. Um, uh, Greg's done a nice job with them. Greg Lewis of 
rallying them up and, and coaching them up and and uh, you know so I, I, I I'm, I'm proud of them and they just they, they did a nice job. Yeah. Defense take a step forward this week. Yeah, defense. They were. Uh, um, I thought they were they were big today. I mean, real big. <laughs> you know, that w- when you come in here, you better you better be ready to go. I thought John Gruden had a nice plan. I thought Derek Carr um, really did a. You know, he's been playing. He played well Monday night and uh, started off well. You know, in this game, and I thought our guys just kind of, you know, again put the. Put the hammer down, as Mitch would say. You mentioned uh, Derek Carr start in the Raiders' offense. Start scored first two drives, three and out, three times in a row after that. Was it just execution on your part? Did it, was there anything specific that you thought started going better for your defense after those? No, I thought our coverage was better. I mean, that, that it was tighter, and we were able to get a little pressure there. So uh, I thought that was a big thing. The depth along the defensive line. It seems like you guys are rotating a lot of guys through there, and they've all seemed to make plays the last couple of weeks. Just how important has that been for keeping everybody fresh? Yeah. So yeah, the rotation helps. Um, and the last two weeks, it's been it's been huge for us. And again, those guys work their tail off. They don't get much credit, and they go out and uh, and play their you know hinds off like that. Especially those interior guys, the inside two, um, in a four three front or a nickel front. Man, that's a there was a lot of pounding going on. Those guys just kept kept the push on, which allows those outside guys to get the pressure that they got. So, yeah. Patrick Weber certainly suggested the angle was not bothering him that much, but was there more of an emphasis this week to try and make him, get him, keep him in the pocket and try and keep him clean and not extemporize maybe as much as he usually does? Um, how come you're the only one not sweating, dude? I'm like soaked, huh? I'm going to get on your diet. <laughs> All right. Um, so... I don't remember the question, but Patrick, you know, I didn't change anything with his ankle. We just played, and, and uh, listen, for him to push through it like he did, and he just he kind of blanked it out of his mind, and, and just that's the way he practiced, and, and that's the way he played today. And none of the players, you know, I mean, you couldn't see any signs of weakness there. And at the same time, he got in, he got his treatment. Our doctors took care of him, and the trainer, Rick, did a nice job with him, and he spent a ton of time making sure he was ready to go. Can you say you saw anything different or new out of Patrick today, or is it the same old, same old? So, is that about what this is with Yeah, well, I, listen, I never take it for granted. Um, some of these throws, I mean, I've told you this before, I, that some of these throws he makes, you go, all right, and we just buzz right through them, you know, like it happens every day. Well, I mean, it kind of does happen. It happens in prep, but, but that, that's, that's what makes him unique. And the fact that he's willing to continue to work on his game um, the way he does is, is also very important. In this league, if you let off an inch, uh, then, then you're going to fall. And, um, and he stays right on top of that and everything that he does. A lot of, a lot of history uh, between these two teams in this building. This is the last game you guys have gotten to win. What are your feelings about that? Yeah, I mean, I've only been a small part of that. There have been some great games here. Um, I'm not going to tell you I'm going to miss it. Um, there, there's some things that come with that. I mean, this year we didn't have to dodge sewage in the, you know, in the locker room or anything. So, I mean, there are things that come with an older building that you have to deal with. And, uh, but the tradition is, is pretty awesome, you know. And uh, Ted will give you a little stat on uh, Patrick and then his dad, you know, having pitched here uh, same day, I think it was, right? So you can give them all that. But, I mean, that's kind of a neat deal. There's, and then Clark's been here for for all the the whole thing. He's probably a better one to ask about that, but um, the last seven years have been awesome. Yeah.
quite an experience. Back-to-back road games to start the season. Now you get a chance to go back home and play at Arrowhead in front of Baltimore. <laughs> How much are you looking forward to getting back in front of Chiefs community? Yeah, so, BJ, we, we appreciate the fans that have showed up the last two weeks, um, and they've been great. Uh, and we look forward to getting back into Arrowhead. I mean, there's nothing like that place. And we got a great football team coming in. And so I know they're going to be ready to roll, and all those guys that start tailgating at 4 o'clock in the morning. I know they'll be lined up and barbecues will be out and ready to go. So we've got to make sure we do our part and, and get busy on that. And uh, it'll start when we get back on the plane here and get going. So, Chiefs coach Andy Reid following the victory out in Oakland. Last game in the Oakland Coliseum. Chiefs win 28-10. to That press conference is brought to you by 360 Vodka. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, grab a bottle of 360 Vodka for your next tailgate or watch party. 360 Vodka is the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs and has your game day cocktails covered all season long. Also brought to you by KC Grilling Company. KC Grilling Company is located in Olathe at 159th and Merlin, your one-stop shop for all your tailgating needs. Stop by and check out KC Grilling Company or go to kcgrilling.com. Dot com. The thing at the very top of that, Brad, I'm Josh Briscoe, by the way, with Brad Porter, Sports Radio 810 Chiefs postgame show here presented by the Missouri Lottery. Very, very thing, few, uh, very first three things at the top. Eric Fisher has the groin injury. We knew that re-injured uh, from, from practice originally back on Friday. Then LaShawn McCoy leaves with an ankle and uh, Damian Williams leaves with a knee. You don't want to see two running backs disappearing. Right. It, it doesn't seem like either of those are terribly serious, but we should know more tomorrow. Absolutely. There are a couple of things that Andy talked about that I thought uh, stood out to me. Somebody asked him about Demarcus Robinson and what made him this week's Sammy Watkins. And mm-hmm. Andy Reid said, matter-of-factly, well, D-Rob was singled up, and that was it. Yep. The confidence and the brass ones mm-hmm. you have to have to say, well, well, single up. This is automatic. We can yep. make this happen. So that stood out to me. Also, he talked about the defense recovering. And for me, a big turning point that I think mentally took the Oakland Raiders out of this game. So the Chiefs reel off 28 points in that second quarter. Going to halftime, and then I would forgotten, okay, well, the Chiefs deferred. They get the ball to start the second half. Yep. Oh my God, this could be over. Chiefs are on the move. They're getting you know some good, a uh, couple of good chunks, and then Mahomes got sacked on third and eleven. Had the punt play. Oakland gets the ball in a good spot. Then they had the fifty-one yard run by Jacobs. Yep. Uh, another four yards, uh, seven yards on the pass to Weller or Waller, pardon me, who was pretty good today. Yes. Uh, another nine yards from Waller. Uh, Jacobs up the middle for nine yards. First and goal at the Chiefs four yard line. And to me, this is like. Rut row. This gets right. this gets the Raiders right back in it at the beginning of the third quarter. And then, of course, as we know, the receiver didn't turn around. Brashad Breeland was in the end zone, picked him off. To me, that was the emotional backbreaker for the Raiders because they yep. just weren't – there was no urgency for him after that. Like yep. I, It was a stunning lack of urgency on the Raiders' part. They got there, they threw that away, and, well – We've probably made our final push. That was the last chance they really had to kind of spur things along, and uh, they lost it there. Let's take a break here on the Chiefs postgame show. Again, I'm Josh Briscoe. That is Brad Porter. Darren Smith will join us live from Oakland whenever we come back. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Are changing the play under center Rodney Hudson, another former Chief. They're going to throw a fade pattern to the far side. Breland intercepts it. Brashad Breland picks Derek Carr in the end zone. That's a touchback. And Breland plays the fade perfectly. They wanted Tyrell Williams. 
And for Carr, he has struggled against the Chiefs, his 10th career interception against the red and gold. For all the reasons we laid out at the end of the last segment, that is our Central Bank of the Midwest play of the game. Take a new look at what's possible with Central Bank of the Midwest. Visit centralbank.net. It really felt like the nail in the coffin. The Raiders had the big play with the Jacobs run. They had gotten down into the red zone. They were ready to, to maybe give a bit of resistance or at least make the Chiefs play offense again, which they didn't seem to do with all that much urgency of their own the rest of the game because they didn't have to because everything got pretty well uh, stuffed up, just like my nose right now. Uh, everything <laughs> well, got pretty congested for the Raiders and the Chiefs both, honestly, from there on out. If that was not the backbreaker, then the next possession was because yeah. that was the one with the interception by Shavarius Ward. That was, that was two picks in four pass attempts for Derek Carr against the Chiefs. And at that point, that was over. We'll see if Darren Smith agrees with us. He is out in Oakland right now. You can catch the ship Thursday nights here uh, following Thursday Night Football on Sports Radio 810 and 11 to 2, or 11 to noon. I don't know why I made you 11 to 2. 11 to noon over on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM. Darren, what did you take away from the game today? I took away that, you know, you can shut our running game down, but it's not going to matter as long as we got Patrick Mahomes and he's up healthy. There's always a chance for us to win. (laughs) And it was the running game that was shut down pretty thoroughly, extremely thoroughly, honestly, and no Tyreek Hill out there. Demarcus Robinson was still exceptional. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I don't know. I get mad at his offense because they do things. Look, I had the team winning 48 to 20 today. They just let me down. It's if they didn't score them 28 points in the in the second quarter, who knows how this game would have turned out. But the team, look, they did exceptionally well today, both uh, on both sides of the ball. Got to give credit to the defense where it's due. They, you know, they gave up a lot of yards on the run, but they still had them to only 10 points. So, got to take some away from it. Oh yeah, and it all it all felt really. Um, I, I think just about every week I, I talk about a um, the I have to go through the the clownfish sea anemone uh, relationship <laughs> to come up with the phrase that I'm now I'm now stalling for the type of rela- a symbiotic relationship. I don't every every week I do that. It felt like a very symbiotic relationship, Darren, where where the defense and the offense <laughs> sort of worked opposite of each other. Where where I mean, really, the defense was fine in that second quarter. They only gave up like 83 yards, I think it was. But after that first quarter, the defense shut it down. The offense only really exploded in that second quarter. Did that timeline do anything for you? And also, are you uh, currently in a wind tunnel? No, I actually, uh, I'm actually on the opposite side of the stadium where uh, Steve Walsh parked our vehicle at. So he he got us lost on the other side of the stadium. So we got Excellent. a long way to walk. Right so you got now. a walk to do. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, sir. But I'm sorry, but but back to your question. No, I mean it was it was what was to be expected. Again, uh, you know, Patrick. Uh, look, to, to be honest, the, the biggest takeaway that I got from today outside the Marcus Johnson was McCole Hartman finally showing that blazing speed that Chiefs fans have been waiting for. You know, you kind of you kind of wish that that holding penalty wouldn't would not have negated that 72 yard touchdown strike that Patrick had with McCole because you know had that been the case, Patrick probably would have a, had a 500 yard day today. Darren, hey, this is Brad. Uh, one of the things that concerned me during the game, and there's not there's not a ton. But the special teams, especially since Dave Tobe has so much influence at the end of the roster, guys he likes to keep for special teams, uh, bringing DeAnthony Thomas back, I thought the return game in special teams was awful, and the rest of the special teams was just not that great. And to me, that was a concern. Brother, you are 
putting it nicely because I agree with you a thousand percent. That's something that we took away from that. Shockingly, the the uh, the special teams they haven't been affected these first two games, and they haven't really given the Chiefs great field position at all. You know, I mean, Bucker's doing his job. You know, when he does kick field goals, but it hasn't been often. But no, you're right. The uh, special teams something really needs to be worked on with that this week. I will say, if I can give like a small pushback to that. Dave Tobe, I, I believe, is typically telling Brad mentioned like you know put your heels in the ten and then don't bring it back if it goes over your head. I don't think that's necessarily what Dave Tobe is telling guys from a return standpoint. It doesn't bother me too much whenever they're fielding punts from behind the ten. The problem is if DeAnthony Thomas doesn't do anything with it for a few in a row and all of the penalties, there's no argument for. I got nothing for you um, in that regard. Um, so, Darren, when you mentioned the McCole Hardman thing, you know, that Chiefs fans have been waiting all of, uh, you know, a game and a half. But but waiting nonetheless <laughs> and seeing the speed from him, there was that mistake uh, back in the in that first drive on third and long where if that's Tyreek Hill, I, I think the Chiefs convert that first down because I think Tyreek Hill's where he needs to be. We heard Mahomes talk about it being a speed thing. It, it could have been a route thing. But either way, even Mahomes kind of admitted, yeah, Hartman made a mistake there. From that point on, there weren't any. There's a touchdown that was, and then the touchdown that should have been. How did today affect what you think the Chiefs are going to look like the next couple of weeks without Hill? Well, I put like this: they, you know, they do need to get that that run game shored up. I think, uh, I think that they, uh, the Raiders, kind of prepared for that because it wasn't a big game for Shady McCoy nor Damian Williams. But to that to that point, I mean, the Chiefs just have too many weapons offensively. Like I asked Patrick in the press conference, look, you shut down one person or you shut down the run game. You got too many people that you can give the ball to, yep. you know, just to spread the ball around. Yep. And so, you know, until until unless somebody can come over the defense that can shut them all down, she should go nineteen and zero. Yeah, and Darren, I I noticed early in that in that first quarter a couple things. I don't know if you had a chance to talk to any of the offensive linemen, but the Raiders were were running a lot of stunts and twist games and occasional overload on one side or the other, and it looked like the Chiefs' offensive line had some problems with that, and Patrick Mahomes was having to get things out in a hurry and not really get, you know, the Chiefs couldn't really get untracked early in that game, and I'm just wondering if the offensive linemen had, had addressed that, the fact that the stunts kind of bother them early, and then they, they figured out how to solve it. Well, as a, as a matter of just being a full disclosure, I don't get a chance to talk to the linemen because I'm in the press conference room getting uh, Andy Reid and Patrick, so I'm not able to address whether or not they've answered that, you know, anyone has asked them or answered that question. But I'm pretty sure when they go look at film this week, it'll get addressed. Do you have any uh, extending concerns there? Uh, well, nah, not really. I mean, Patrick is still upright, so that's the most mm-hmm. important part. I think the one thing we noticed in this game is that Patrick is not going to put a block on anyone unless it's a Super Bowl. <laughs> that was the awesome. Titles on the line. <laughs> Um, was there anything that, that caught your eye in terms of the secondary today? Because we see two picks. One's a nice play from Breland where the ball was perfect to him. And then there's the play that Traverius <laughs> Ward gets the interception where there is a collision that ends up being called offensive pass interference on the Raiders because if it would have been a completion, that would have been a pick. So I actually thought that call was exceptionally made. I was surprised, but I was I was pleased that the call was correct. Um, when you look at the, the success in those two plays, but also throughout the rest of the game, do you think that this was a step in the right direction for the secondary or just Derek Carr not being very good? Uh, you know what? Uh, first of all, Josh, you are very funny. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I'm just going just gonna to let that Thank be you, Derek. said. But, uh, but in all seriousness, no, I think, I think and I talked about it on, my, on our pregame show uh, earlier today, is that 
you know, these players get paid too on the defensive side of the ball, and they have to have some kind of pride. You can't, you can't, if you're a defensive back for the Chiefs, go up against the fastest group of receivers in the NFL, and that cannot make you better. If you can't, if you can't improve by playing against this, you know, against your own teammates every day and go out and shut the other team's, you know, offensive uh, wide receivers down, and they're not as good as, as what you face every day, that's an issue. And I, and I think for all the all the, I guess, the naysayers, the people who talk trash about them, myself included because they have big garbage, uh, you know, they, it's a pride issue. And I just think that they play much better today. Hopefully, hopefully that'll carry on next week when the other team faces Baltimore. Darren, we're going to let you go so you can uh, hopefully find the car that Wall's put into a ditch or whatever. Also, it's Oakland. I hope you find that car and it's not on bricks. Uh, the Coliseum, <laughs> obviously. Uh, it's your last well, chance I've already, there. I've already made it to the other side of the stadium. So have you, have, you made, the have you made visual confirmation with your car at this point? Uh, yes, I have. Just, just now. Just made visual confirmation. All four tires? One piece. All four tires and all the windows are still there. All inflated tires. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm very happy yeah, for you. Very happy for you. We'll see you when you get back into Kansas City. Thanks, Darren. I so, appreciate it, man. Darren Smith, uh, you can listen to The Ship, uh, 11 to noon over on ESPN Kansas City or uh, Thursday nights here on A10. So my one experience at the Coliseum in Oakland. Yes, please. It was the Monday night game in 97 when Elvis Gerbach hit Andre Risen in the end zone with three seconds left. It's great. Prime time. Yeah, prime time. So uh, we're leaving after we get uh, done with our work. We're leaving the stadium, and the security guy looks at me and the guy who was with me, and he said, uh, number one, take off your press pass. <laughs> number two, do not tell anybody in that parking lot that you're from Kansas City. I'm telling you for your own good. So we, yeah. got, we got out of there as fast as we could. Uh, I, and it sounds like, uh, it sounds like Darren will like it back safe, so that's yeah. also great. <laughs> yes. I, got, I never got out, to, out there to a, a Chiefs-Raiders game, and it, it bums me out a little bit because it seems like uh, everyone leaves that with a story. Um, oh, yeah. and, and today I can at least tell you the story from here from a football perspective is that the Chiefs defense looked better than it did last week even as there are some questions there's certainly some questions with the offensive line without Eric Fisher and Demarcus Robinson was exceptional so let's say you perhaps would want to hear from Frank Clark, Cam Irving or Demarcus Robinson we might have something for you, we do it's all three of those guys coming up next here on the Central, nope, not Central Bank of the Midwest yep. the pregame show, I've never even hosted that what, what happened there? Let's try that again. Re-rack. <laughs> on the Missouri Lottery, Chiefs post-game show right here on Sports Radio 810. Whoops. The Chiefs post-game show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Oakland sends four on the rush. They drop seven. Mahomes deep. He wants McCall Hardman in the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. There's your third and 20 play. A deep post to McCall Hardman for his first National Football League touchdown. I believe it was after that play that I screamed a phrase that would not have been able to be screamed on the radio uh, because what the Chiefs offense did for a stretch there today was unbleeping believable. That was the phrase I said. The the touchdown that didn't count. I don't know if you had the door open. You could hear me. I down didn't the hear what you said, but I it, did hear you yelling. Yes, it was. I can't repeat it. Yeah, no, me neither. I was like, holy something. <laughs> and then I saw the flag, and it was another holy something. Just much quieter. <laughs> Seriously, just an outstanding 
start, uh, not start, I guess, an outstanding second quarter for this Chiefs offense today. Just, I mean, an absolute bleeping rocket ship <laughs> and, and an absolute ton of fun. We will hear from Demarcus Robinson here in just a second on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. From Scratchers to Powerball, every Missouri Lottery ticket you play creates opportunities for Missouri students. Play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Um, I you you can you can talk about every every single play. We could go play by play through that entire uh, second quarter. We're not going to though, because eventually we are going to also bring you the uh, entire second half and and probably a little bit of the first half of uh, Eagles Falcons Sunday night football game currently uh, going on right now. We will bring you all the rest of that game right here on Sports Radio Eight Ten as soon as we we wrap up here in a little while. But let's go ahead and go to Demarcus Robinson, uh, the offensive uh, star of the game, not named Mahomes. I imagine we're probably going to have a pretty good carousel of guys going through this particular role. Who was it that happened to catch two touchdowns and three or four bombs from Patrick Mahomes this week? Last week it was Sammy Watkins. Today, Demarcus Robinson. Let's see what he had to say following the Chiefs win in Oakland. Uh, man, we just go out and prep for, for every game, and uh, today my number was called, and I got a chance to make some plays, and I did. Is there anything that, that you feel like you guys haven't reached out on offense? You feel like it's still a little under-reaching with the score of the Um, I don't know, like, number-wise, but, um, there's always room for improvement. We just got to go out every day and, uh, give it our all in practice, and, uh, you practice hard like that, you come in the game and do the same thing, it, it makes it more easier. I just try to go out and do my best every day uh, in the game, too, uh, whether it's blocking, catching, or receiving. And man, I just try to give it my all every time. Uh, man, we just go out and play fast every every play and Pat go out and he, he scanned in the field and um I was open and he, he got me the ball. Of course every week can be a big week for any of us guys. Uh we, we don't go out to the game thinking it's McCole week or Sammy week or it's my week or Kelsey week. Uh it could be anybody week or it could be all of our week. Today a lot of us got in the end zone and uh we made a couple plays today and it felt good. At some point did you feel like you got hot today? Uh, yeah, I felt like I was on the road. I wanted to stay in the game a lot. Uh, I, I was feeling pretty good today. I asked the coach, could I stay in and get a couple more reps, man? And he, he, he gave me a shot, and I did my thing. You know, that, um, that second touchdown, you came down hard on the dirt. Mm-hmm. Is there some part of you that's kind of excited this is the last game you're going to have to play on the infield there? Uh, yeah, it, it was pretty tough out there, man, with the, with the with it being dirt, baseball field. But uh, we could play on the concrete, man. No matter what they, what, what they want to line up at, we give them our off. Marcus, did you on on uh, when the first quarter was unfolding? Where was you guys were a little out of sync? I'm curious if you just always know that Patrick's kind of inevitably going to kick it in. That it's always waiting to happen. Uh, I feel like we can make plays anytime on the field, uh, whenever it is. Either if it's 10 seconds, uh, 30 seconds before halftime, with a minute, two minutes left, uh, whatever play we got dialed up is designed to score. And by him, him in particular, I mean, do you, you feel like he always gives you a chance to, to be explosive? 
Oh uh, yeah, Pat gave everybody every chance to be explosive. It depends on what play call and who name, who time it is. So, uh, he was great. Uh, he stayed in the in the classroom with us. Um, even when he didn't have to be, he could have been doing something else like treatment or going home. Uh, he stayed in there, let us know what he thought was what we could do and what he did to a couple guys, and we took that in in effect and we made some plays today. Oh yeah, you gotta think like that every play. Uh it, it can come to you, somebody else can be even more wide open and it don't come to them. So you gotta make yourself get wide open or in, in, in his vision to look wide open and he'll find you for sure. You know you saw more single coverage today than you did last week Uh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you know that you guys do workouts by yourself during the summer and you have training camp and all the The amount of routes you guys run deep in practice, does it feel almost natural now? Like, yeah. As, it, as easy as the slant is, are, are the those routes a little easier than sort of shorter routes? Uh, out of I feel the same. We practice uh, deep route just as much as we practice the short routes. And uh, when we execute them in practice, that, that make it more easier in the game to, to know that you can't execute it. Did anything go for us to try present just like this? Nah, yeah, nah. That, that's just what we do. <laughs> How do you guys feel about having, you know, one, two, first two games, three or first four on the road? Is that kind of a good test for you guys? Oh, yeah. It is. Uh, we, we, uh, we get to go home this weekend. Uh, we've been on the road for the past two weeks, and uh, we, we came out with W's, and now we get to go home and give our fans um, a great W, too. So that's what we that's what they're going to be looking forward to next week. That's what we're going to try to give them. Oh yeah, man. Uh, it's always been my time to come out and try to make some plays. And uh, my number was called today. I felt good, and and I made a couple plays today. Yeah, you have to be patient. Now we got a lot of great guys um, in the room, and uh, they've been here longer than I have, and uh, they never get called. More time than mine do, but today mine got called, and I I was able to make plays and show the coach that I can make plays too. Hopefully, I get a couple more plays. I uh, I'm pleased with the W, man. Uh, even if I didn't have a game like I had today, as uh, long as we winning and and keep it going, and uh, I'm happy with that. So Marcus Robinson kicking off our locker room report here on the Chiefs Post Game Show. The locker room report is brought to you by Continental Siding. Whether it's football or home improvement projects, you want to be part of a winning team, you can do that at Continental Siding Supply. Continental Siding Supply, giving lifetime warranties on siding and windows for 34 years. See for yourself at smartsiding.com. Brad, I think the, the best part there... Uh, from Demarcus Robinson was something that we've kind of been touching on a little bit. The idea that it literally could be anybody's week on a week-to-week basis, and that you don't, that you know, he said you're not game planning. Oh, so this is gonna be this is gonna be McColl's week. This is gonna right. be my week. This is gonna be Travis's week. Well, I do think there are places where you say this is a matchup I expect to see. I do think there's a there's a synthesis with with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the offense all together. Says all right, you know whose week it's gonna be. Whoever they're not paying enough attention to, and and to a point that was made by one of our earlier callers, something we've talked about actually for I mean since they drafted Patrick Mahomes, I was talking about this when Alex Smith was a quarterback. You want to be able to have a quarterback that can see Demarcus Robinson or Philip Dorsett 
or Chris Hogan or Wes Welker or you know any number of these dudes. I don't think Dallas Clark was actually a transcendent talent, but he was a tight end for Peyton Manning. Very good for him. You want to find quarterbacks who can make those guys household names. And today, Demarcus Robinson is going. To, he's going to be this week's hottest waiver wire pickup, at least while Travis Kel- or while Tyree Kill is out. But that would have probably been. I mean, Sammy Watkins' value shot up whenever uh, whenever he had that huge week one, and this week he didn't disappear, but it wasn't the transcendent mm. fantasy performance. Right. Because it's about where the defenses, uh, where the defenses are paying attention to these guys. And however much defense is paying attention to any number of these weapons, it's just going to be another guy, the other guy, lined up one-on-one that becomes the the matchup that the Chiefs are going to exploit. All these receivers are good enough to do that, and Patrick Mahomes is good enough to know which one of those guys is fitting that role. By the way, Nate Bucati just walked by, and I heard him on the Border Patrol this week with one of their insiders. I think it was the guy who sets the lines or gives you the picks or whatever, uh-huh. and asked him, should I potentially start McCole Hardman this week? And the guy told him, yes, you should do it. Yeah. So, but my point is, it goes back to, you never know. You could say yes yeah. to most Chiefs position yes. players at this point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So not only is you never know when it's going to be your day, you never know when it's going to be your play. And that's where we go back to what we talked about earlier, where Patrick Mahomes had to get on McCole Hardman and tell yep. him, you cannot flat or you cannot round off your route, right. and you cannot stop running. Yep. Because that was supposed to be your, that was going to be a big play. And it didn't happen. The one thing that was a, a big place of concern after Eric Fisher injured his groin uh, in practice was the status of, of him coming into this game. And he did get the start. He was working in the pregame, but he got re-injured very, very quickly. And then Cam Irving came in and uh, took those snaps at left tackle. He got obliterated, I think, the first play that he was in. And then things did sort of even out a little bit. You weren't constantly seeing him. You weren't constantly seeing him get dominated by the guy lined up across from him. It wasn't a great day from him in the offensive line. But by the end of it, I would say things seemed generally passable, especially in that second quarter. Nobody had very many complaints. It's hard to say without going back in for a rewatch if that was scheming that was giving uh, giving Cam Irving a little bit of help or if it was him getting more comfortable in the game setting. But he did talk to the media after the game. Let's hear from Cam Irving. Got a lot of action today. Yeah. Um, I guess you kind of had to be prepared after all the time, really. But Friday changed the dynamic a little bit, didn't it? Uh, I mean, yeah, of course. You know, you have one of your guys that uh, kind of get banged up a little bit in practice. Uh, just got to make sure you prepare yourself in the guard there and play the game. I mean, it's every week thing. You know. Tell me about this offense in the second quarter today. Uh, it was quite a barrage. Yeah, I mean, it took a little bit for us to settle in today. Um, you know, we gotta we gotta fix those things and make sure that we come out clicking on all cylinders from the start. But uh, you know, we exploded in that second quarter, and um, I mean, that's just uh, just shows you the type of capability this offense has, even with uh, you know a bad start. So I mean, us as players just have to go out there and just try to capitalize on the opportunity and make sure that we uh, you know we eliminate that slow start. How fun was it to play on the dirt? <laughs> Oh man, felt like I was a little kid again, man, playing at the playing football on the softball fields. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it was nice. It was all right, you know. Last time playing in this stadium, yeah. so got to soak all those types of things in. 
when, when the offense does get on that roll and everything, what is it, what's it just like mentally as far as just being out there, having fun? How's it feel? Uh, I mean, just executing, playing football and taking the play-by-play, play, uh, not getting too far ahead of yourself, uh, not thinking on mistakes that you might have made before. Um, everybody just kind of gets in the groove, and it's more so just, you know, one play at a time, one play at a time. Everybody picking each other up, it's just uh, it's a good feeling. With Patrick coming off that ankle injury, was there a little bit more before focus this week of maybe trying to keep him in the pocket and knowing that you got to protect him a little bit differently? Uh, I mean, we definitely, you, you know, we definitely said we need to make sure that we keep the hits off of Pat. We need to make sure that we let him sit in the spots. Uh, um, so, I mean, I guess it was an emphasis, but I mean, that's always something that we want to do every week. It's Cam Irving after getting uh, a starter share of the snaps, certainly. In the game in Oakland today, Brad, did you know they played on dirt today? Did you notice that they were playing on a baseball field? I, somebody touched on it earlier this week. I cannot remember who. Just kind of randomly brought it up to one, maybe one player, <laughs> maybe I, two. I just learned about it actually. Um, with the with the offensive line being a topic of conversation last week, Mahomes took two sacks today. One of them was ultimately uh, the fumble, which uh, the ball was moving forward, so I don't really know. But that's fine. It was late enough in the game, and the Chiefs were up by enough that I'm not going to get too worried about it. Um, I digress, but but it it is a different challenge for that offense to be protecting a less mobile Mahomes, mm-hmm. and whenever you, by the way, a mobile Mahomes is one of the best sort of alternative uh, living spaces you can have on a budget. Get yourself a little mobile Mahomes. I'm sorry, I'd like to apologize. That to deal has got listening. to be pitched at some point, right? Got to, <laughs> got to. Um, a mobile. Jeez, uh, I was going to try to say another name and I couldn't get it out. Mahomes now. Take this out, Brad. Yep, yep. Mobile Mahomes is mine. Mobile Mahomes is 100% my intellectual property. I'm trademarking it now. There's a piper down. Um, So I had a point, and then I got distracted by my own dumb Cam Irving, offensive line. Yeah, it took two sacks today, and is it, so it's a different challenge where he's a little less mobile. And and there were a couple of times in this game, actually, at least twice that, that stick out in my mind, where. Mahomes saw some space open up in front of him, and and he didn't just walk up the pocket. He did kind of run through the pocket like we saw him do in Texas Tech a a lot. He's done it less in the pros. More often than not, I would say that's for the best. But bringing a little bit of that back did make me feel like there was a little more confidence in the ankle, although he still wasn't jogging around all lackadaisically like you've seen him do multiple times. You saw him do multiple times. Last year, but um, I, it is an, an interesting and different challenge for the offensive line. I thought it was a fine game by them, though. I'm, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath for the long term. I would very much like to see Eric Fisher back next week. He got hurt on Friday and then tried to play today. I imagine that by next week, unless this injury made it worse that he suffered in the game today, I would imagine that he'll be ready for for next week against Baltimore. I was a little surprised when Fisher came out. I kind of had a notion that we might see Jeff Allen. Yeah, who they signed what three weeks ago? Yeah, during towards the end of training camp. Yes, uh, maybe he just you know he's been here before, but mm-hmm. maybe he just hasn't been back enough to be um, on the same page with everybody yet. So I thought we'd see Jeff Allen, but Cam Irving, he's he's fine. He's yeah. o- he's okay. He's yeah. not gonna get he's not gonna kill you. Yeah, he's not gonna be great. He had some penalties that were a bit of an issue, but. It is what it is. He did get killed. It was, it, it was one play. Uh, it was he that got, first drive that he yes, came in. Yeah, he like his first play back. And yeah, no, I mean it wasn't great, but that's all right. You know, it. it like I said, it, it settled down at that point. It makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, last piece of audio we need to bring you today is from Frank Clark. He's he's always a good interview. So I'm excited to hear what he said about the defense. I would say right now, my thought 
um, you know, pre getting to watch it for a second time is that the pass rush for the second consecutive week was a little bit underwhelming, but it was also against for the second consecutive week a quarterback whose hallmark is getting rid of the ball extremely quickly. And especially against the Raiders and to some extent against the Jags, the pressure didn't get there, but the coverage was pretty good, especially today. Again, against the Jags, it had its certainly had its bad moments. But today against Oakland, at least for the most part, I wasn't I wasn't uh holding my hands over my eyes, waiting for the ball to land in the hands of some receiver wide open 40 yards downfield. And so maybe maybe the pass rush was less of a concern for the Chiefs today as they were trying to, to cater their defense to a guy that's getting rid of the ball more quickly. I don't know. That's something I'm willing to throw out there. Let's see what Frank Clark had to say after the game. Last week you gave up 26 points. Today you only gave up 10. Defensively, how do you, uh, how do you grade your performance today? Um, I feel like we did a, a great job. Could have did a little bit better on our run defense. Uh, gave them over 100 yards rushing, as you know. And um, you know, anytime you you know you want to call yourself a great defense, that's one thing you want to stop. You know, is the big plays. Um, they had a big play towards the end of the game. You know, a good running back as a, as a rookie, um, Jacobs. He's been playing excellent ball. I think he's over what 250 yards or 200 some yards over these you know last two weeks to start his career. So. Um, you know, on that end, on the run defensive side of things, um, I believe we failed. But as far as playing great team ball and as far as playing great team defense, I believe we did a great job. Um, they got an early surge. Um, you know, in football, that's expected. You know, just like basketball, just like any other professional sport. You know, usually a team out front and the team who gets out, um, you know, it's that early surge. But then, you know, the things about having that early surge, you have to, a whole game to worry about now. You know, once you get up, stuff like that, you know. Felt like we um, did what we had to do though. After that surge to come back and um, you know stop the anything coming after that. They they run game. We slowed that down for the rest of the game until that big run, and then uh, we closed out the game. And they only had ten points. Now this is the second game, obviously that you. Yeah. Now this is obviously the second game uh, with this defense with Spagnola. You know, how do you think the team, is, the defensive players, are coming around in this system? I think it's coming along pretty good, man. You know, you got some mistakes here and there. I made a few mistakes. I believe one or two as far as just alignments and just communication things. But, you know, that's going to happen. You know, like I said, it's a new system. But, you know, I believe, like he challenged us. He challenged us to learn it as best we can and to go out there and execute. And um, for the most part, I believe, as a defense collectively, we've been doing a great job doing that. Um, you know, it's not, it's not the easiest thing in the world to learn a new defensive system. But, um, like I said, um, collectively, I believe, you know, we're doing what we have to do. Finally, you get a chance to go back to Arrowhead, a regular season opener. You all are going to be facing a high-power offense and defense now uh, in the Baltimore Ravens. So what do you expect when you get back to Kansas City? I expect them to come in there and give us they all. You know, they're coming into hostile territory. They know they're coming into the number one, you know, fan base and stadium in the world, which is up there in Arrowhead. And, um, you know, Chiefs Kingdom, they're going to come out to support. We haven't been home all season. And I'm sure our fans are waiting for us to come home. And they know this. They know how hard it is to play in Arrowhead. So um, I'm sure we're going to get their best shot, you know, around the um, you know, just around the whole game, and you know, I'm sure they see, you know, us giving up these rushing yards. So I'm sure they're going to want to establish the run and stuff like that. Um, and our job is to stop them and protect our house. It's Frank Clark, and and I think some of that actually, you know, checks out, especially when you look at the defense's performance as a whole. You can't get too in love with doing this, but I'm going to do it for a moment. About half of, actually, almost exactly half of Josh Jacobs' yards in this game did come on one run. Those count. Yeah. Those yards count, but that drive did end in no points because of a mistake made by by Derek Carr. 
And if you if you were to take that out of the equation, he still averaged almost five yards a carry. It was forty eight yards over eleven carries. If you take that one away, um, and so I'm doing the math in my head, but it's putting you right around five, a little under. And so. It's still a good performance from Jacobs, but they couldn't continue running the ball. I feel like the the Raiders felt like they needed to pick up some bigger chunks, even when they weren't moving terribly quickly. They were moving with that in mind, I imagine. And so I I think that there's something to the idea of team defense. I, I do think it's fair to say, hey, Frank Clark hasn't really gotten to the quarterback with much frequency so far in his time as a chief. You know, is that anything? I think that's a totally fair thing to bring up at this point. But as a as a team defense evaluation, I put that in air quotes because that's what Frank Clark said. You, you're not mad at this. This is fine. This is passable. Absolutely. And Jacobs, he got that. As you mentioned, the 51 yards on the one carry. A lot of times he was getting five and six yards. Mm-hmm. And then whereas the Chiefs don't care if it's third and two or third and seventeen, they might still throw the ball on third and one. Yep. The Raiders were third and one, third and two. They were running the ball and they were getting the first down with Jacobs. Um, now they had to go away from that a little bit later, and they only, I think they were 6 for 14 on third down in the game. The Chiefs were 8 for 14, which was outstanding. But they were going to Jacobs on, on third and two and third and three. Uh, we should take a break, right, Beards? Beards gives me a thumbs up. So we're going to take a break, and we will uh, we'll give you our final thoughts and final takeaways here on the Chiefs postgame show. Right now, Eagles and Falcons is 3-3 on Sunday Night Football. We will bring you full coverage of that as soon as we wrap up and we'll do that whenever we come back next year on the Chiefs Post Game Show. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Damian Williams right halfback pressure floating a pass Kelsey near side over the shoulder makes the catch in traffic touchdown Kansas City Mahomes his third touchdown pass in as many weeks and in as many drives it was a good stretch for the Chiefs in that second quarter it didn't get any more fun it actually got less fun after that but I'll take what we could get, and what we got there was enough for the Chiefs to hold on to the 28-10 victory. It's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. I'm Josh Briscoe, along with Brad Porter. I'm at JB Briscoe on Twitter, by the way. Brad is at Brad K. Porter. You can follow us there and uh, and, and keep up with our, our tweets and comments, not only throughout the games, but also throughout the week. And uh, I, I just, I am at this point, Brad, like, feeling like we've covered just about everything, just about everything from a game yeah. because nobody scored in the second half. Each team only scored in one quarter. I feel like we've done a good job. Yes. There was so much no. from the Jags game, right? I'm kind of like, well, do we have everything? I think we have everything. There was a lot more scoring in that game. There, there was. A lot more storylines in that game. Uh, I guess one thing I didn't really dive into, and it's just kind of a, a final thought, something to clean up a little bit, is... Oh, I thought you were pointing at me. No, okay. sorry. Beards' uh, kicker just missed a, missed a kick. Okay. It's still 3-3 in uh, so, Falcons-Eagles. Sorry, Beards and I are a- playing each other in our almost entirely sports fantasy football league, and he has Matt Bryant, and he was talking about, like, he's currently beating me and will probably beat me, <laughs> but Matt Bryant just missed a long field goal, and he was making a sad face, and I was I taunting him. No. Sorry, sorry, Brad. Now, it's it's week two. Yes. The Chiefs team will be different by week 16. Absolutely. And the playoffs. Absolutely. And so will whoever they play. But one final note I just had written down in my uh, my stack of stuff here is 
cannot go into a second half deep freeze if you're in the playoffs. Is it yes, ha- it ha- it's Correct. happened to the Chiefs. It happened years ago against the Colts. Yep, it happened against the Patriots. Happened against the, the Titans. The Titans. You cannot go into a deep freeze in the second half. Yep. Now, that right now it doesn't hurt you, but in the playoffs, can't let that happen. Um, I yeah, that's absolutely the case. And right now, I don't know if we learned anything extra from today other than that the Chiefs are going to be just fine without Tyree Kill for these yes. next few weeks. Um, all right, Beards, hit the music. We got two minutes. I'm giving us two minutes to look ahead to next week, Brad. The Ravens come to town. The Chiefs have uh, their, their home opener. Lamar Jackson's had two excellent games in a row. So is Patrick Mahomes. What are you looking for? Well, Lamar Jackson threw another, another couple of touchdowns this week, mm-hmm. and I loved his comments after the game last week yes. where he said, yeah, that's from a running quarterback, right? He's yeah. got a little chip on his shoulder. Maybe. Absolutely. Actually, I think it's pretty big. Yeah. I, I like him. I, I think he's good for the game. I, I I like young quarterbacks who kind of, I don't say he defied the odds because he was really good in college. He won the right. Heisman Trophy for crying out loud, but it was kind of, you know, maybe he'll play a wide receiver. And, mm-hmm. um, but he's, he's doing well. He also rushed for over 100 yards today, so the Chiefs are going to have to prepare for that. Some quarterbacks don't run. David Carr had one decent run today, but you don't prepare for for David Carr. Derek you did it Carr, again. Yep. I did it again. You don't prepare for Derek Carr running the football. Against Baltimore, you have to be prepared for Lamar Jackson to run the football and possibly throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. And that could be the combination that yep. really tests this defense yes. next week. This defense has not been really tested. Gardner Minshew played very well. Derek Carr played okay. Josh Jacobs was exceptional. Leonard Fournette was pretty good. The running attack that the Ravens will bring in, mostly because of Lamar Jackson and everything else that he brings, if you think Hollywood Brown's not going to be excited <laughs> to be matched up against Traverius Ward at some point, you got another thing coming. Great so nickname. I am an extremely good nickname. Mm-hmm. I am very excited for that game next week, and we will have your coverage for it all week right here on Sports Radio 810 and a Chiefs postgame show that I think will sound a lot like this one. Thanks again for listening over the course of this evening with us. Thanks to Brad Porter. I am Joshua Briscoe. We'll talk to you again next week as the Chiefs beat the Raiders 28-10. Follow the Chiefs right here on your home for the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. Sports Radio 810 WHB.